Chapter Fifteen, Part Two of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter Fifteen. Suzanne, Part Two. Monsieur de Marelle bowed. Very well. If I lose you, we can meet here again in an hour. The two young people disappeared in the crowd, followed by the husband. Madame de Marelle said, "There are two girls who will have twenty or thirty millions each." and suzanne is pretty in the bargain he made no reply his own thought coming from the lips of another irritated him he took clotilde to see the painting as they crossed the conservatory he saw his wife seated near la roche mathieu both of them almost hidden behind a group of plants they seemed to say we are having a meeting in public for we do not care for the world's opinion madame de marelle admired karl markovitch's painting and they turned to repair to the other rooms they were separated from monsieur de marelle he asked is lorraine still vexed with me yes she refuses to see you and goes away when you are mentioned he did not reply the child's sudden enmity grieved and annoyed him suzanne met them at a door and cried oh here you are now bel ami you are going to be left alone for i shall take clotilde to see my room and the two women glided through the throng at that moment a voice at his side murmured georges it was madame walter she continued in a low voice how cruel you are how needlessly you inflict suffering upon me i bade suzanne take that woman away that i might have a word with you listen i must speak with you this evening or or you do not know what i shall do go into the conservatory you will find a door to the left through which you can reach the garden follow the walk directly in front of you at the end of it you will see an arbour expect me in ten minutes if you do not meet me i swear i will cause a scandal here at once he replied haughtily very well i shall be at the place you named in ten minutes but jacques rival detained him when he reached the alley he saw madame walter in front of him she cried ah here you are do you wish to kill me he replied calmly i beseech you none of that or i shall leave you at once 
throwing her arms around his neck she exclaimed what have i done to you that you should treat me so he tried to push her away you twisted your hair around my coat buttons the last time we met and it caused trouble between my wife and myself she shook her head ah your wife would not care it was one of your mistresses who made a scene i have none indeed why do you never come to see me why do you refuse to dine with me even once a week i have no other thoughts than of you i suffer terribly you cannot understand that your image always present closes my throat stifles me and leaves me scarcely strength enough to move my limbs in order to walk so i remain all day in my chair thinking of you he looked at her in astonishment these were the words of a desperate woman capable of anything he however cherished a vague project and replied my dear love is not eternal one loves and one ceases to love when it lasts it becomes a drawback i want none of it however if you will be reasonable and will receive and treat me as a friend i will come to see you as formerly can you do that she murmured i can do anything in order to see you then it is agreed that we are to be friends nothing more she gasped it is agreed offering him her lips she cried in her despair one more kiss one last kiss he gently drew back no we must adhere to our rules she turned her head and wiped away two tears then drawing from her bosom a package of notes tied with pink ribbon she held it towards du roi here is your share of the profits in that moroccan affair i was so glad to make it for you here take it he refused no i cannot accept that money she became excited oh you will not refuse it now it is yours yours alone if you do not take it i will throw it in the sewer you will not refuse it georges he took the package and slipped it into his pocket we must return to the house you will take cold so much the better if i could but die she seized his hand kissed it passionately and fled toward the house he returned more leisurely and entered the conservatory with head erect and smiling lips his wife and laroche were no longer there the crowd had grown thinner suzanne leaning on her sister's arm advanced toward him in a few moments rose 
whom they teased about a certain count turned upon her heel and left them duroy finding himself alone with suzanne said in a caressing voice listen my dear little one do you really consider me a friend why yes bel ami you have faith in me perfect faith do you remember what i said to you a while since about what about your marriage or rather the man you would marry yes well will you promise me one thing yes what is it to consult me when you receive a proposal and to accept no one without asking my advice yes i will gladly and it is to be a secret between us not a word to your father or mother not a word rival approached them saying mademoiselle your father wants you in the ballroom she said come bel ami but he refused for he had decided to leave at once wishing to be alone with his thoughts he went in search of his wife and found her drinking chocolate at the buffet with two strange men she introduced her husband without naming them in a short while he asked shall we go whenever you like she took his arm and they passed through the almost deserted rooms madeleine asked where is madame walter i should like to bid her good-bye it is unnecessary she would try to keep us in the ballroom and i have had enough you are right on the way home they did not speak but when they had entered their room madeleine without even taking off her veil said to him with a smile i have a surprise for you he growled ill-naturedly what is it guess i cannot make the effort the day after to-morrow is the first of january yes it is the season for new year's gifts yes here is yours which laroche handed me just now she gave him a small black box which resembled a jewel casket he opened it indifferently and saw the cross of the legion of honour he turned a trifle pale then smiled and said i should have preferred ten millions that did not cost him much she had expected a transport of delight and was irritated by his indifference you are incomprehensible nothing seems to satisfy you he replied calmly that man is only paying his debts he owes me a great deal more she was astonished at his tone and said it is very nice however at your age he replied i should have much more 
he took the casket placed it on the mantelpiece and looked for some minutes at the brilliant star within it then he closed it with a shrug of his shoulders and began to prepare to retire l'officiel of january the first announced that monsieur prosper georges du roi had been decorated with the legion of honour for exceptional services the name was written in two words and that afforded georges more pleasure than the decoration itself an hour after having read that notice he received a note from madame walter inviting him to come and bring his wife to dine with them that evening to celebrate his distinction at first he hesitated then throwing the letter in the fire he said to madeleine we shall dine at the walters this evening in her surprise she exclaimed why i thought you would never set your foot in their house again his sole reply was i have changed my mind when they arrived at rue du faubourg saint honore they found madame walter alone in the dainty boudoir in which she received her intimate friends she was dressed in black and her hair was powdered at a distance she appeared like an old lady in proximity like a youthful one are you in mourning asked madeleine she replied sadly yes and no i have lost none of my relatives but i have arrived at an age when one should wear sombre colours i wear it to-day to inaugurate it hitherto i have worn it in my heart the dinner was somewhat tedious suzanne alone talked incessantly rose seemed preoccupied the journalist was overwhelmed with congratulations after the meal when all repaired to the drawing-rooms madame walter detained him as they were about to enter the salon saying i will never speak of anything to you again only come to see me georges it is impossible for me to live without you i see you i feel you in my heart all day and all night it is as if i had drunk a poison which preyed upon me i cannot bear it i would rather be as an old woman to you i powdered my hair for that reason to-night but come here come from time to time as a friend he replied calmly very well it is unnecessary to speak of it again you see i came to-day on receipt of your letter walter who had preceded them with his two daughters and madeleine awaited duroy near the picture of christ walking on the water 
only think said he i found my wife yesterday kneeling before that painting as if in a chapel she was praying madame walter replied in a firm voice in a voice in which vibrated a secret exultation that christ will save my soul he gives me fresh courage and strength every time that i look at him and pausing before the picture she murmured how beautiful he is how frightened those men are and how they love him look at his head his eyes how simple and supernatural he is at the same time suzanne cried why he looks like you bel ami i am sure he looks like you the resemblance is striking she made him stand beside the painting and every one recognized the likeness duroy was embarrassed walter thought it very singular madeleine with a smile remarked that jesus looked more manly madame walter stood by motionless staring fixedly at her lover's face her cheeks as white as her hair end of chapter 15 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey